I think you need to do the last frontier. Do that reading thing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Captain's log. Start eight. Supplemental. <laughs> Supplemental. <laughs> you mean predating all the others? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. Uh, today, we are talking about... The exciting. The supernatural. No, super <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> you don't know what's out there. It's <laughs> That's true. Space ghosts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There are space ghosts. <laughs> Sorry. From coast to coast. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the final frontier. At least the final frontier that we're aware of. That we're aware of. I think that's questionable. I mean, we they, they say that we know more about space than we do about the bottom of our own oceans. Yes. So that's kind of a true. frontier, too. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's we're not talking about that. We're talking about space. <laughs> it's It's one of the frontiers. For sure. There's a lot to talk about with space. Yes, there is. Is there? <laughs> there's a lot of space. <laughs> a lot of space to talk about. I was going to say, there's a lot of space between me and you, Denise, <laughs> and between me and Pat. <laughs> just, you know, I wow. just talk my about space. It. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about personal space oh, today. Oh, <laughs> okay. Public space? That's weird, too. Yeah. Uh, Outer space. Outer space. Outer space. Yeah. Um, NASA does put a lot of stuff out there. They do. Mm-hmm. A lot of really cool photos. Yeah. And I do like to look at their photos. Video stuff. Mm-hmm. I really like some of the educational stuff. They have like mm-hmm. little uh, short video clips that you can watch of how they live in space and how they do different yeah. things. So it's very educational that for the kids. That one we watched this summer about the, the astronaut washing her hair. Yes. Space, that was very interesting. You know, they have um, videos of astronauts reading books. Yeah, like they do. Books. I've been seeing that oh. in space. Oh, we need to get some of those. Uh, yeah. Going here. We do. So, what do you got, Chris? I'm kind of curious. Yeah? Will anybody ever at this table go into space? I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, that's one of the things. Right. The barriers of entry is is the funding, and you're either an astronaut or you're really rich. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of upcoming opportunities, things that supposedly are going to happen in the next decade or couple yeah. of decades. Or I really the I think the only way that us poor's are ever going to get to go to space is if they colonize and we go to perform manual labor. Right. <laughs> yeah. We would need a job. See <laughs> red rising. They're still going to need people to like wash their clothes and cook their food and stuff. So, <laughs> Well, they are privatizing yes. space well, travel. Yes, I know it's still yeah. expensive. That's, that's right the now. point. Yeah. Right, because before privatized... You had to be an astronaut mm-hmm. to go, and now suddenly, not, except not true. Except Krista McAuliffe, Krista McAuliffe, who was a school teacher, which who I don't went think through astronaut training. Yes, but she was just a teacher. Astronaut just a teacher. Sorry, I did not mean that. <laughs> she was a teacher. Yes, but she so she won a contest. Right, we could win a contest. Okay. So manual labor or contest <laughs> or win a contest one in a billion. That's it. My question <laughs> is the way that us poors are going to get to go That's, into space. Okay. All that aside, <laughs> if you had the opportunity, would you go? Absolutely. At yes. the drop of a hat. Yes. Really? Yes. I don't know. I would be kind of freaked out. Would it be out. forever? I or don't just know. like a quick this is space. I would now, visit. Go home. <laughs> I don't think I would stay there unless there were unless it was an established 
Like, oh yes, we're moving to space. We're moving to Mars. Whatever. So, and people so, have already been living there for at yeah. least a decade. Right. It's already. <laughs> they're not dying from the exactly. terraforming. Yes. Right. right. There's already an infra- infrastructure <laughs> in place, and so. And that exiting and entering the atmosphere is a lot uh, yeah. better than it is now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have a little bit more criteria. We have yeah, has to be met before but we would go. Either that, or I would definitely visit. Like, so one of the things that yeah. I've read about is the space hotel mm-hmm. that they plan on building, and so you know, the high hopes they're you know going to start production or something like twenty twenty five or something like, like that. Like it, like the space station. The yeah, but like space a, station? a massive, yeah. no, a massive space station, massive super, a That's space a hotel. hotel. Is it going to be as high as the one in Dubai? No, I don't it wouldn't matter. So. It's going to be shaped much differently, <laughs> much differently than that. Yeah, because it's going to be a so ring see, station. They're going to need Ooh. housekeepers. Oh, it's a space hotel. Oh yeah, they'll have to have hospitality employ- workers are always needed. Exactly. So that's true. But it's a, you know that's it. it. That's it. So, that's so you'll, you'll be able to take a trip to the space hotel and and stay there, and you can play zero G basketball and things like that and it but it will have artificial gravity because it will be a wheel station and so it's going to rotate and and that's what creates the gravity mm-hmm. how come you won't be sucked up against the wall i'm sure they're still working on that yeah. <laughs> okay but but that uh, we should have called nasa <laughs> At this point in in our development of space traveling technology, that's our best bet for any semblance of artificial gravity. And for it to be, for it to work without being a pain or just Mm -hmm. being like a a band-aid to zero, you know, living in zero G, it has to be really big and moving at a, a certain speed. Alrighty. But I would totally go stay at the space hotel. That, I don't. I'm not sure I would. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, and I would not go as a maid. Been there, done that. <laughs> it's one of my first jobs. I think that it would. Not in space. I think that it. Would, <laughs> it would be worth it. Really? Go and wash dishes on the space hotel. <gasps> I would totally do that. See, I, the part I couldn't get over is being able to go outside. I guess they would have spaces that look like you were outside. Sure. Yeah, they'd have simulated mm, right. parks and... Simulator. You could go into the simulator. Yeah. Just like on mm. Star Trek. What? So, yeah. I, I hope that this thing happens at some point. I think that it would be amazing. So, I, I've read some information that says it's not going to happen in the next decade. It'll be maybe within the next hundred years or so we could do some things, and it would be more to the moon versus Mars. I, I think it depends on who gets really excited about this and throws their money that direction, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Elon Musk, yeah. this last fall, unveiled his a rocket? new SpaceX rocket that he's got going. He's actually, there's some Japanese billionaire. Who is has already paid, I think, to go up somewhere, and and according to the the report I read, it's going to happen in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. That he and some artists, it said, will go up in this in this spaceship, and then um, SpaceX is working on something. I mean, their plan is to have ships that will transport up to about a hundred people at a time. Mm-hmm. To the moon first, mm-hmm. but then yeah. their plan is Mars. Yeah. I don't know how they plan to do that. Yeah, I read that yet. moon tourism is an up and coming yeah. so thing. So, 100 people, how much do you think those tickets are going to cost? Because 100 people, that's quite a few. That is a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of people. You're right. Oh, yeah. The other, the, I forgot about this, the other potential solvent for zero G is uh, your thrust in space is your gravity. So you, you provide a continuous zero G or uh, one G of, of thrust and that simulates the Earth's gravity. But that would only be efficient for long distance travel. 
because that's not really enough. If if that's all you maintain and you're like traveling to the moon mm-hmm. or to Mars, it'd take you a long time. But for like longer distances, that's just weird. So your ship out. would be like know, your your to. ship would be built like a tower, mm-hmm. and so your floors would be like this. Like, sideways and your thru- and your thrust <laughs> would vertical be, to each other would be this way and, and the so your thrust sta- would be going here, perpendicular to it i'm trying to describe what he's doing yes i know because like, not he's all like this <laughs> so we would be going head first into space but we would feel like we were standing on the floor that's right whoa that's interesting right mm-hmm. that would be really mind-boggling mm-hmm. i mean really just to think about that yeah. seems very like your body would be freaked out about that would it i don't know could you i mean maybe you just really are not comprehending what's happening yeah, you just you're not thinking like about it yeah. <laughs> just think about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like riding those roller coasters where you you know have whatever g force you know making your face jiggle Mm-hmm. Just don't think about it, and mm-hmm. you're fine. So anyway, sorry that, for that digression, but that's no, the other fine. other uh, artificial gravity solution. And and we were talking about Mars expeditions. Mm-hmm. I've, I've recently read things about how they are experimenting with cryostasis. So did so, any of you see that movie with Jennifer Lawrence and somebody? <laughs> The important it might be Bradley Cooper, but no. I don't know. It was no, Chris it Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pr- was it really? Yes. Okay. The I one with Bradley I Cooper couldn't... was Silver Linings well, Playbook. Well, no, he, they've been in a bunch together. I knew oh, they that. Have. Okay. I knew that, but okay, fine. It's okay. <laughs> Passengers, that's the name of it. They were both Sorry. Avengers. Bradley Cooper was Rocket and Chris Pratt was Star Lord. That's true. So. They both were in space at some point. <laughs> but yes, Passenger. <laughs> yes, I did see that movie. I thought that was very interesting. I really I really liked the presentation of space travel yeah. in that film. I liked yeah. that it wasn't some, you know, it was it wasn't some non nonsensical light speed drive. Right. It, it was like we have the capability to do half light speed. It's going to take us 90 years or however right. long. Right. And and their whole ship, their ship, their artificial gravity, like it was huge. Yeah. And it had these it was rings that kind the, of yeah. went around. And that was, that was their gravity. That was it. But they were all supposed to be in a cryostasis situation throughout the entire uh, trip. And then something happens to one of them and mm-hmm. they and come then, out of it. Then, yeah, and they start making questionable moral decisions. Question. It's pretty. It's pretty moral rough. Decisions. It's pretty rough, but mm-hmm. I do really like the spaceship, the way they presented that. It's yeah. really an interesting concept of what. I mean, there are some things like the little shield at the front that blocked the asteroids. Like, Meh. how did that work? I don't know. Meh. But but the other stuff was really cool. Yeah. I thought it was very odd that they would have a robot bartender awake and working while nobody was supposed to be there. That was very odd. Mm. Huh. Oh well, that's irrelevant. I bet I bet that that's in Cinema Sins somewhere. <laughs> I should I should look for that. Everything wrong with with passengers and. <laughs> well, I have not watched it, so I'm going to have to watch it. Do we have it? Ah, uh, I think so. Do we? I think so. I think so. Okay, I'm going to go check it out. I don't think that we do, but it's possible. It is possible. I will find out right now. How are you going to do that, Denise? What do you mean? How am I going to do that? Are you going to search the Decatur Public Library catalog online? Yes. Using your Evergreen app? No. No. (laughs) Oh, dang. NTLC catalog. It's free app. (laughs) I've read here that uh, the space station has been in orbit for over 7,000 days because this article that I'm reading was um, almost a year ago. Okay. That's just a long time. That is a very long 7, time. 7,000 days. And it's still up there, still kicking. 
Yep. That's cool. So they're thinking like 25 years. Yeah. For moon colonization. Mm-hmm. That's not well, very long. How old will I no, be? No, that's not very long because... <laughs> I'll still be alive. Think about... Think about how long it takes to get from... This is right. We don't have it. We can fix that. To get from we're going to explore to colonization. Mm -hmm. So that means we better get on the stick. Yes. That's a big step. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a major difference from we're visiting for a short time and taking all our supplies with us and, you know, not actually living here in any way to colonization so yeah i think that long-term living situations on the moon are not likely yeah just because of the the reduced gravity yeah i mean it's better than zero gravity but it's still like if you live there long enough so are you thinking health yeah effects yeah and you wouldn't be able to come back to earth unless you had some unless we had some way to remedy that like Gravity would, augmentation or something. I would think if we get to the point where we can colonize the moon, we'll that'll be just a walk in the park. <laughs> Is that? It'll be one of the things that we will have the, solved at that point. Yeah, yeah. So they are. St- I mean, even though, well, no, they're not. The um, people who are in space mm-hmm. don't have gravity, so they're floating around and doing all that. So, I mean, they just talk about their muscles. Um, Mm-hmm. shrinking and that kind of stuff because the weight does not right put on them from the gravity so yeah there would definitely have to be some form mm-hmm. of gravity i think I, I read about a device they they built that simulates earth's gravity perfectly i mm-hmm. mean near near perfectly the way it spins you and it but you have to be laying in it and you can't move like you can't move your head. Like said, so if they said if you move your head, then all kinds of weird stuff starts happening. Like Uh-oh. you become completely disoriented. Huh? But and what what is this device? I don't. It's some kind of centrifugal. Okay. Bed of some kind, and it just it straps you in, and I think that. But it was just another one of those band aids. You know, like if we use this in space, it would just be gravity therapy to try and mitigate some of the the muscle loss and mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the damage that you get from being weightless. And I wonder what kind of studies they've done as far as it damaging organs or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Well, on a lighter note, mm-hmm. my article says is titled coming soon cell phone service on the moon. Uh. So Vodafone and Nokia are working together and they are saying that the service will become available on the moon next year. And this was articles written June nineteenth, twenty eighteen. So it's coming right up. It's well, a year it should have six months ago. Yeah. yeah, and I have not seen an update that there is cell phone service on the moon. Is it going to be five G? Well, who's there to use <laughs> it? To test right. it? And, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to put a tower on the moon. And I think we would have heard that. If that had happened, I think that would have been big news. I think so, too. Because I didn't think either one of those companies ever even actually exists anymore. But maybe they do. Well, it says Vodafone Germany and Nokia. Maybe they exist in other countries still. I mean, Nokia is still a thing. It's just not a very popular thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, everything I'm seeing is the initial... The report, mm-hmm. probably the one you're looking at. But I don't see anything newer that says, yeah, they did it. Still working on it. Trying to catch a ride with Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, they were going to use SpaceX yeah. mm-hmm. to do it. And actually, last year when we tried to we tried to attend a launch at NASA last January, January 2019, um, it got scrubbed like mm-hmm. 20 minutes before they were supposed to launch. Damn. And it was a SpaceX rocket. So it says something about them using lunar rovers built by Audi. Huh? Oh, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Four-wheel drive ro- uh, rovers have 3D printing, are built to handle difficult terrain, on, and are equipped with solar panels. So anyway, they're trying to get cell phone usage on the moon. 
then everybody will be all right to be there because they've got their cell phone. What about whatever happened to <laughs> you? Can you imagine how much that phone call is going to cost? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I don't think it's going to be covered by your unlimited plan. <laughs> Remember what? Talk about roaming. Yeah. 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 Roaming charges. Remember what long distance used to cost? Uh Uh Goodness gracious. What happened to two-way radios? Isn't that still a viable option? Are we talking about phone calls to and from Earth to the moon? That's kind of what I was looking at. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I would think. That'd be a heck of a transmission for Uh sure. So NASA has an article, and I think this was dated, this is dated November of 2019, and it's talking about the space network, cell towers for astronauts. Mm -hmm. And this is really for people who are up in space, and it's the, the satellite that things will bounce off for them to communicate with each other, even if they're not in the same oh. spaceship or on the, sat- the space station or mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They can communicate with each other. Tracking and data relay satellites. They work like cell phone towers in space. So this is a different thing, but it sounds like the same concept. But it's not about cell phones. Mm-hmm. But it's a real thing. <laughs> and it happened. And I can't find anything dated later than what you've got. Interesting. About the cell phone towers. Mm-hmm. So these are, the, these are the, the satellites that whenever they do those things from space, uh-huh. that's, what, that's where they send the signal. It's oh. to these satellites. Okay. So, like, when we see videos of somebody from space mm-hmm. reading a book or washing their hair or whatever they're doing, that's that's what they're bouncing off of is these satellites, the space network. NASA's amazing. So, one of the other hurdles they talk about is not just overcoming gravity, but radiation. Yes. Mm. That's the big one. Ooh, that's bigger than gravity. Tell me about that. Well, because gravity shielding, or not gravity, um, radiation Mm-hmm. shielding is limited so like well, we have our atmosphere to protect us but when you go to space you're just bombarded by all the solar radiation and anything mm-hmm. else that might be shooting around you know gamma rays and and whatever and uh and in a perfect vacuum even your shields are susceptible because if they convert all that all those wavelengths into maybe it gets converted into heat and it's in a vacuum it has nowhere to go so you're still cooking yourself inside of your that's disgusting the, sec- the secondary mm-hmm. radiation can be as bad or worse than the primary radiation this makes me think a little bit about will my cat eat my eyeballs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is a book by the way there is a segment in there about going to space and there if is. you died in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. They do have procedures for burial at space. Yes. Or at least for just taking care of the, the body until it can be properly interred. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be as exciting as um, Hollywood. No. Yeah makes you think it would be that's probably true about most things if you Mm -hmm. yeah if you leave a body in space for a little bit it essentially freeze dries Mm -hmm. and then you can just crumple it up into dust wow that's their procedure they put the body in a bag and then wait for it to freeze dry and then they go (laughs) shake it around (laughs) and then they've got to suck all the air out of it Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, so tell us more about what the book said. What? What is? I don't there? remember. You don't remember? No. Nope. <laughs> well, they didn't want to litter space with bodies. They didn't right. want to That's litter space idea. with bodies. They didn't want to put her, their pretend dead astronaut, in the garbage right area. Mm-hmm. Even though that would make the most sense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You shoot her out into space, let her float around. <laughs> like, I guess it would really depend on what we decided was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
And the first question she asked was, should the astronaut come back to Earth? Right. Because once that gets answered, then you can answer the other parts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, you were talking earlier about um, intergalactic? No. Yes. No. No. Same galaxy. Same galaxy, <laughs> but but different system. Long, long distance. Yes. Yeah, in between solar systems. Yeah. And I was looking at that, and you said Alpha Centauri. Pro- Proxima Centauri. Sorry. It's okay. Some other ridiculous-sounding <laughs> word. Some other Centauri. <laughs> is is a possibly it's a similar environment that could potentially hold life as we know it Mm -hmm. there's a planet there that's in the sweet spot okay the habitable zone or whatever and it's four light years away about four light years away which sounds great until you start looking at how far really a mm-hmm. light year is. It's still a really long way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I, if I were thinking about it, I would think, oh, well, how, how many light years does it take us? I mean, how many actual years does it take us to get a light year away? And I would have thought, eh, I don't know, four to one, five to one. No, it's not that at all. It's like huge. It's huge. Yes. So, I found this thing that says for this four light year trip, you have to go six trillion miles. Uh huh. Wow. And you have to do that four times. So, that's <laughs> no, that's for that. That's the four light years. Oh, okay. Four light years. So it's about one and a half trillion to a light year. That's better. Six trillion, much better. <laughs> Six trillion miles to get to this place that's four trillion miles, four trillion, four light years. Good grief. <laughs> 137,000 years to get to this closest. Mm-hmm. 137,000. <laughs> not just 137. No. no. Which we would not live for anyway. Thousand <laughs> years. Which is why they're trying to freeze dry us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how, how many changes? Cryostasis is very different from freeze oh, okay. dried. <laughs> you, know, you, you take out the dried and part. reconstitute you. Yeah, just add water. Just add water. <laughs> Boy, that could that could cause all kinds of weight issues on your rocket if you had to carry that much water. If you're going to a place that's supposedly inhabitable, there should be water there. There should be water there. So you're counting on the water there. Well, I mean, you're already freeze drying you. Yeah, what's the problem? Oh my gosh! So. 137,000 years under yes. with our current technology. With the current technology. So you know what would be yeah. just like crazy? You get in there and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And you get halfway to your destination, mm-hmm. freeze-dried or however you are. <laughs> and and then the new technology, they just pass up your spaceship. Oh, oh right? Wouldn't that just be horrible? Crap, that's awful. You know, they would have to lasso our we'll spaceship. on the way by. <laughs> Take you along, reconstitute you. I think <laughs> just attach us to the trailer hitch and let's go. <laughs> right. I think the timing would have to be really good for that to work. You think? <laughs> this yeah. rem- this reminds me of one of those really bad Kurt Russell. No, it's not the worst Kurt Russell movie, but there's a Kurt Russell movie where. Air Force One, something happens to it, and there's this disaster waiting to happen. There's bad guys on Air Force One or something like that. But then they have to refuel in midair. Are you sure that was Kurt Russell? I was wondering that. Executive Force is what it sounds. No, Executive (laughs) Force. Harrison Ford was in. (laughs) No, that was Air Force One. That was a different thing. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is right. This is so. Anyway, it's they have to refuel in midair, and they have this technology, but it's not perfected yet. But this is exactly what I was thinking of. Only on 
an astronomically larger proportional scale. Like, first of all, you're out in space and you're trying to meet up with something else that's been hurtling away. And then you have to catch it just right. And your whatever you're bringing it along with has to be just right. And maybe you just have to get close enough to provide a little bit of momentum, mom- the air, you know, kind of like getting in the draft. Draft it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of suck it along with you. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. So, yes, the movie was Executive Decision. Thank you. Yes, I remember that one. And it has Steven Seagal in it. Yes, it does. <laughs> I can remember who the other Executive guy was. Executive Decision. That's right. Okay. With technology the, the, developing the way it is, I think that we'll... we'll Again, we'll, we'll have solved that if we get to the point of these other things, right? Yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that we can definitely get there faster than that. They're talking about these laser propelled microsatellites okay uh that they would like to to send to proxima centauri who's they i don't know whoever the space travel people are they NASA, the space travel nasa italia nasa and spacex and boeing yeah, yeah but uh that they they could use these little microsatellites and they could get them there within like 30 years or something so like how that. big is a microsatellite can a person be on it no but if then they, how does that help? But you start with that's that's how we started all our exposition expeditions. You know, you send a satellite first, right? Because you can get a satellite there, and then you figure out how to get a person there, right? So or a dog, or a monkey, or a monkey, right? Send Curious George. I don't think we would do that anymore. <laughs> do you? No, I don't that? think so. I don't no, think we would do that at all anymore. Mm-mm. No space dogs, no space monkeys, without adult supervision. I mean, human supervision. <laughs> adult human supervision, preferably. <laughs> does it have to be an adult? Oh, <laughs> oh, I would I hope so. Does. I think it does. But they, they developed the ion propulsion engine. Uh-huh. That, I, think, I think that we have satellites that are using something like that right now. It uses uh, some kind of a heavy metal as fuel. Mm-hmm. I, to, I do have to do that every time. Every time. Yeah. I know. Um, some something like that, and and it, it can use like a just like a gram or several grams of fuel to propel through for like you know like trips to the moon or trips to Mars or or oh. whatever. Big, uh, but it only works in a vacuum. So, so you know that's, we can't use it to get out of out of atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> no, the vacuum of space. <laughs> Not in a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> okay. It only works in a vacuum cleaner. It does, yes. <laughs> These many, many, many satellites. Tiny, tiny <laughs> Sorry. You have to suck them through space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and I just read something else the other no day. Way. Fantastic stuff. What? This the other day I read that... They're, they want that some private company is is experimenting with uh, catapult based at, like at leaving the atmosphere. Really? No, yeah, like really. Yeah, really. Like they're trying to. They have. It's like really hush hush <laughs> right now. But they're working on this thing. Except that you read it somewhere <laughs> on the internet. I'm sure. No, I, I, all the deep. Super secret. I did. I I saw it and I read about it. Okay. <laughs> But they, the, that's not the part that I'm questioning. Well, so so the, the, this so I, there's one company that's building like a spinner, mm-hmm. and there's somebody else that's building something that operates more on a like a rail, giant rubber band, a rail gun type principle or whatever. You know what this reminds me of? No, the competition for pumpkin chunkin. Yeah, P- pumpkin yeah, chunkin. Except it's going to be into space, <laughs> but it it'll spin their 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 payload around really fast and then shoot it right up into space and then it might need like once it gets to the edge it might need a rocket to like get the rest of the way Uh but you get most of the way there and then you just not people but not people just just supplies because that would be like really but still that'd be a heck of a solution you get your people your your people up there and then you shoot all your buildings and materials up there using this thing 
Uh-huh. And so you need a lot less fuel. You uh-huh. just need the energy to to get your your spin going. And they said they're going to be like dart shaped projectiles. Hmm. Like. So. so did you know that a company is uh, sending cannabis and coffee to space to see if they mutate? To see if they mutate. Really oh, interesting. Front Range Bioscience is flying hemp and coffee aboard a SpaceX mission in March. Wow. This article was just in December. So they mean this March. Wow. <laughs> I did read an article about reentry roasted coffee. Really? Yeah, they were going to use the reentry heat to roast coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. How yeah. funny. Huh. I just think it's funny <laughs> that we, we have all these. these lofty goals and stuff and this yeah. is what we're spending our time doing is yeah. figuring out how to roast coffee in space so blue origin <laughs> is another one of those companies that's that's you know trying to get into space tourism and that's something they want to do and so according to this report from national geographic test launch video from inside the cabin of blue origins new shepherd Shows off breathtaking views of our planet and a relatively calm journey for its first passenger, a test dummy dubbed Mannequin Skywalker. Nice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Mannequin Skywalker. I can be a Skywalker too. That's if right. I want. Mm-hmm. We learned that Apparently recently. Apparently, anybody can. Anybody yeah. can. You just say it, it's done. Wow. Is he, is he going to come home? You know, I think he's already home. I think I think they did that. So he's been on his his voyage. Yeah, I think so. That's think. I, that's a better fate than than that that guy that was in Elon Musk's Roadster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just thought, shot him out into space and just that's it. That's it. <laughs> Never coming back. Well, I I think. <laughs> so here's the this is the thing we shouldn't just be shooting things into space Mm -hmm. willy-nilly because what we know what happens sometimes is that they fall around comes around skylab yeah (laughs) uh, or they become space trash and run into your space station right right yeah Uh, and this is why we don't just leave bodies laying around that too yeah. yeah one of these articles that was by the bbc he, um, he, it is a he, Richard Hollingham, talked with three um, space experts. And they said that within the next decade, here are their predictions, that humans will go back to the moon, mm-hmm. but not yet to Mars. Mm-hmm. That's the second prediction. In a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ten years. Mm-hmm. China and India will become major space nations. Mm-hmm. The future of the International Space Station is uncertain. Mm-hmm. Private ventures could eclipse the agencies. Mm-hmm. And humans will continue to go boldly. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so hmm. did you know that in March 23rd of 1965 on Gemini 3... Astronaut John Young smuggled a corned beef sandwich into space. <laughs> no way! <laughs> Did he eat it? Sandwich. So he smuggled it, and he like turned to the other astronaut there, and was and asked him if he he wanted some. <laughs> and the I, other guy was like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Corned beef sandwich." <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I brought it with me. Let's see how it tastes. Smells, doesn't it? <laughs> Smells. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. When we went, it was to in NASA, his pocket. <laughs> oh my god! And nobody detected that. What that odor coming from his pocket? Uh, no nope. beef. When we went to NASA, one of the things you can do—they have a little open air park where you can sit in the different like space capsule sorts of things. And those Gemini rockets were teeny, so those guys were right next mm-hmm. to each other that's bizarre so he took a bite oh. and crumbs of rye bread started floating all around the cabin <laughs> <laughs> which sparked a review by the u.s house of representatives committee 
on appropriations <laughs> in which one member of Congress called it a 30 million sandwich. A 30 million. Because okay. it, it got into it did 30 equipment million and dollars stuff. Worth of yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> there are reasons we don't do things, folks. <laughs> this is the reason that like bread was banned on this type of... Oh my gosh. There because it's like... Uh, Okay. But if you look up, like, the other things that, like, crew the Gemini uh-huh. smuggled, man, I'm like, those are my kind of dudes. They smuggled a lot of things. <laughs> they smuggled booze, cigars. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just wow. like, what are you guys doing? It's vacation. <laughs> it's 1965. <laughs> I can the smoke clock. wherever I want. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> Especially in space. <laughs> Who's going to stop them? <laughs> How does that work? How does your cigarette burn with no air? I wouldn't even want to try because I would be worried that it would blow stuff up. It might blow up your oxygen tank yeah. or something. Yeah. That'd be bad news. So, I, like, if they're smuggling these things, like, if they're smuggling bottles of alcohol, you know. <laughs> Sorry, wait. So, he added, Young added that, in any case, the sandwich was missing some ingredients. It didn't even have mustard on it. And no pickle. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, they took steps to prevent recurrence of corned beef sandwiches in future flights. You know what? If he'd have had a little pickle and some mustard on there, the bread wouldn't have been so dry right. and gotten all floaty and gotten right. into the instrumentation. Right. So I think that's the lesson they should have learned instead of just banning bread. That's going to be like a a thing on their spaceships as a little symbol of bread, and it's got the no no bread (laughs) symbol, kind of like no smoking. Or you got the little packets of of mustard to put on it to hold it together. There you go. You make special condiments that glue your your bread so that it doesn't (laughs) leave crumbs everywhere. Gluey bread. Yeah. 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 So what were you saying about the alcohol oh, in space? About like if they're smuggling things, I wonder. So they they knew enough to be able to do this, but they weren't concerned about the repercussions of crumbs everywhere. Maybe maybe they didn't know just how bad it would be, but these space flights are pretty calculated down to the right. You know, the 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 decimal point as far as what how you know how much propulsion you need to get this weight much weight. And, uh, yeah. So what if yeah. that bottle of booze or whatever was was just, just enough weight up. to like throw them off and then <laughs> oh they like God. didn't make it because. <laughs> well, was I was thinking much. that with the sandwich, they should have known he was overweight. <laughs> like he added two pounds for the sandwich. That's true. So you just need to lose some weight. Oh yeah! Deliberately lose enough weight to 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 balance, <laughs> balance out, it out what you're going to be smuggling. <laughs> the contraband you're going to bring. Yes. Okay, that's your solution right there. So, and I'm wondering, maybe they were trying to do a test on the effects of alcohol on a person in space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for sharing that. That's a really great story. Corned beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. That was actually a thing I knew. That I, <laughs> that I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta mention that. Didn't even have mustard or a pickle. <laughs> Trying to find the list of things that they smuggled up there. Because <laughs> so Soviet cosmonauts in 1978 brought chocolates on board, which scattered in orbit and required two hours to collect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1965, Walter Shira, Gemini 6A. Brought a harmonica on board. A harmonica? And, pl- and played the song Jingle Bells. Wow. They do instruments a lot now, though. They actually encourage mm-hmm. them to bring a personal item uh, with them to help Same them. Same astronaut also reported bringing scotch and cigarettes onto a Gemini mission without permission. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. They said one item, not three. So you don't go insane. You have to have something like that so you don't go crazy and, mm-hmm. and isolated. Yeah. But a harmonica, seriously? That's almost as bad as an accordion to have to listen to all the time. Really? It's small enough for him to stick in his pocket without like anybody knowing. If that's the only instrument you're hearing for days and days and days and the person's right there, you're not going to enjoy a harmonica. Mm-hmm. 
but they're not right there the whole time, right? They're just in that. In, for the, Gemini in a Gemini? Ones. Really? They don't get out and stretch? In Gemini? I don't know. Uh, they didn't have anywhere to go when they were doing Gemini. Don't but it was the first it? time a musical instrument was ever played in space. Wow. And he only played Jingle Bells. Okay. It's not like he did it over and over. Over and over. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they just didn't say. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But yes, Walter Shira. I was like scotch and cigarettes. I wonder if they used a straw. For what? To drink the scotch. A straw to drink scrap uh, scotch? Yeah. You're not supposed to use a straw to drink alcohol. In space you would. Why? So you don't lose any? Because it would just <laughs> it, it would just be floating around in the bottle. I mean I think the problem with a lot of this stuff was that <laughs> it was just gonna start floating yeah. around and getting into things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is why the corned beef sandwich was a huge no-no. <laughs> well, you just needed a sip. I cup. mean, not just because of the smell. <laughs> so, according to NASA, they are planning a moon mission with astronauts in 2024. Cool. That's four years from now. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Using a uh, new new design of space probably yeah probably um spacex's orion spacecraft which is kind of their newest one of the reusable Mm -hmm. can supposedly can do up to 10 missions Hmm. so that's pretty cool that is cool and that's you know that was always a big factor Mm -hmm. in why it moved at the at the pace it did was because you had to come up with the money for a brand new whatever right and then the space shuttle came along and they were able to reuse those to an extent mm-hmm. the other thing about the moon mm-hmm. is the moon dust yeah yeah what about the moon dust the moon well, since the moon doesn't have wind and mm-hmm. and weather to make everything nice and rounded you know like our sand particles and stuff moon dust is like oh yeah it's like glass dust it's like hmm. walking on millions of tiny razors so you got to be careful to, not to to get that in places that you don't want it mm. you gotta make sure you kick off your shoes before you re-enter your <laughs> your spacecraft or your you know dome oh. or whatever it is that we'll have on the moon <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of i was watching a program about saturn the other day and about how the rings are around it and they think that it was a previous moon that had gotten too close Mm. and because of its atmosphere it kind of um as it started to go in it yeah it caused it to break apart and then that's what caused the rings because now it's just floating within the gravity Mm -hmm. but uh, it was talking about one of the moons and how it was kind of misshapen but it would the way it traveled around Saturn and was kind of pushed and pulled and all that, it made it round because initially it wasn't round. And that's how it became hmm. more of a moon oh. shape. Hmm. So I don't know if you could do that with moon dust. <laughs> <laughs> that's what made me think about it is the odd shape of the moon dust. I don't know. I think um, it's pretty exciting, some of the things that are going mm-hmm. on with space. But mm-hmm. it's kind of scary as far as, like, I'm not a um, an adventurer in that respect, I guess. I'm not one who goes out and mm-hmm. buys the latest and greatest technology. So I'm not going to be the first one to, to jump on mm-hmm. the going to space bandwagon. And then there's also the whole... Arnold Schwarzenegger total recall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to be lobotomized or whatever. That's <laughs> so weird. Why would no, that just happen? Just do the black know. flashy thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Let's That's make you all. forget everything. Yeah. <laughs> what? You're like, you <laughs> still. <laughs> what? I'm just just don't get fake memories implanted. You'll be fine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> What about colonizing Titan? What is Titan? Titan, it's one of the moons of, I don't think it was Jupiter. So if we haven't colonized our moon, why would we colonize Jupiter's? Yeah. That seems like a distant thing. 
there's there's reasons. Hold on, let me let me make sure Saturn. I get at least <laughs> maybe that's Saturn. Six. Yes. Yeah, because they are saying that there's life Moon on from Saturn on one of the moons of Saturn. That they're like those first forms. Of I think life. that was it Europa. Mm-hmm. Um, the moon of Jupiter. Yeah, has has potential life, but. Titan's too cold. The reason to colonize Titan is because, well, several reasons. They have, um, it has an atmosphere. So even if it's not a breathable atmosphere, it's easier to to work with something that has an atmosphere because then you don't have to deal with a vacuum and it has its own Hmm. protection from radiation and stuff. Um, It's got lots of hydrocarbons, so you could which is a base for building all kinds of things, plastics and things like that. Um, according to this list, there's oxygen available, so we could harvest oxygen on hmm. Titan and water as well. Right, because there's water, so there has to be oxygen, yeah. right? Um, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, if there's water, then there's at least oxygen that's bonded with hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the gravity is like one-eighth of Earth's. What is the moon's? One, one six, six. six. Okay. So, um, yeah, that you'd be that'd be your home if you live there. You would change into like a titan. Mm-hmm. A, uh, you'd be a titan. You'd be a titan. <laughs> but uh, but you could uh, have human powered space or human powered flight because the gravity would be so minimal that you could have a, a you know you could. Wow! Have, you could have a pedal, a pedal plane, or whatever, you know, or pedal helicopter. Oh, could you just jump? Could you just Superman? Yeah, you could. No, you could. Right. You could. We you could, could jump, and and you, you might get a bruise, but you could hit the ground, and you'd be okay. Wow. Okay, so I have to ask, what would happen if you jumped out of a building? You'd be okay. Uh, you'd be okay. Float <laughs> down. Yeah, wow. the, the terminal velocity wouldn't be enough to to cause any serious injury. Huh. So, would you try that, Dawn? No. She would still have to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> right. If they, could, if they could recreate the gravitational field of one-eighth Earth's gravity, would you do it? Would you I try? don't think I could. Mm-mm. I don't know. If I saw enough other people do it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Did anybody die? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> right. Yes, always let yeah. someone else go first. Yes. And, yeah. then, and then decide. I am not a, a big heights person, <laughs> so. That would be fun. Can you imagine just jumping, like, oh out of the gosh. highest There you go. Height and just being like. Go. <laughs> just Arms wide. The look on like, Chris's go, face go. was pure delight. It was like, woo! <laughs> That's right. I think it would be really fun to try. Yeah. However, I don't think I'm a prime candidate for getting to go on any of these things yeah again unless we're doing manual labor yeah and even then library skills surely that's needed even then there would still be a ton of other people (laughs) (laughs) that are that are younger and more physically fit or whatever or whatever qualified to clean hotel rooms there you go yeah in space (laughs) in space (laughs) I did that at the beginning of my career, not even career. Work, work. work. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm going to go backwards. <laughs> not going to do it. Not even unless, to get to go to space. Right. Okay. I would. I would. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, we will call you on the cellular. Uh, <laughs> right. the, That's right. <laughs> Moon Express or whatever to get an update. We'll have you report space back into work? the podcast. <laughs> Let us know how it's going up there. Oh yeah, space out cast. there. Space cast. <laughs> space cast. <laughs> I, I just, I, I guess that's always so. It's kind of fascinating to think of of that. You know, we think you know the fantastic things of space travel or living at the bottom of the ocean or. Or whatever, and all the one you know wondrous technology to get there. But then you think once you're there, you still have all those mundane tasks, right? To do, yeah. But, but it makes it that much more wonderful. It's like I'm doing this mundane thing so, that I have so to do, do every day think, in a place that nobody thought we'd ever be. Yeah, 
I mean, at first. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like space, living, living on another planet to be similar to living at the bottom of the ocean. I think that they would both be equally fantastic. Because those are completely different things to me. I would be scared to death to live under this whole bunch of water. It's the opposite of a vacuum. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm good being right here where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be more apt to travel mm-hmm. under the ocean. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I would probably as a quick trip. Yeah, but if I had the option of, I'd probably do ocean over space. Yeah. Hmm. But if I need to spend all of my millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I can't do both. Which one should I pick? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see those weird sea creatures that oh, glow yeah. in the dark. Bioluminescent yeah. Yeah. Wow. fish. That looks freaky. Giant. I'm going to be like, that's it. That's I want to see Atlantis. Giant squid. <laughs> that's what I want to see. <laughs> I tell you what, if you find Atlantis, I would go do that. <laughs> I would do that. I would. So even if we get to the point we can travel to all these different planets and and start to colonize and mm-hmm. and um, and live on these places, there's still the the prime directive. The prime directive. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, the prime. Do bar- no harm. <laughs> that prime directive. Well, yeah, the, they have to consider whether there's possibly any kind of form of life on the planet or mm-hmm. potential life. Yeah. Mi- microorganisms. How those microorganisms will interact with the microorganisms that we might, would bring with us, mm-hmm. and yep. whether it's morally, you know, right or okay to colonize a planet that might potentially be, you know, developing its own life right now. Right. So, and that's what they talked about with Saturn. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, one of the moon, the moon that they were talking about? Um, the <sighs> thing that was orbiting and sending back the data um the had, telescope was that it i don't know i don't know what you're talking it about was some kind of a sat- satellite thank you i sometimes i just can't think of the words anyway this thing I thought you were orbiting to think of like the like specific no <laughs> I, i'm general i'm good with okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway well it had used up its life and so they were needed to figure out what to do with it and they didn't want to contaminate Saturn because mm-hmm. there was potential life and they didn't want to eventually find out, well, it was because we contaminated it mm-hmm. and that's why there's life there. So they burned it up in the atmosphere of Saturn huh. itself. So what I thought you were getting at really, Chris, was about sentient life. I mean, eventually. Potential sentient life. Potential sentient life. And yeah. so that's, that's the point of it? I think that's the point of it, yeah. Okay. What do you mean? Life, I mean, life forms that can think for themselves and, you know, advanced beings like we consider humans, most, or, most humans. Yeah, like future sentient life, like just the beginnings of, of life that could grow and, and flourish and change into something. But that's how we started, right? Right. Without any contamination. Right. Assuming, yeah. <laughs> right. Ass- I'm assuming. And, well, and without somebody coming in and saying, this is how it ought to be yeah. in, in controlling life, unless you buy into those, we're really being controlled by aliens theories. Right. So you either believe in the in creationism or uh, the Big Bang Theory and that kind of stuff, right? No, no. I don't. Well, I don't believe in this I, or that. Okay. I kind of think they can be parallel ways of looking at life one is but a I don't, faith I don't kind think of way of looking at things and one is a science way yeah, of looking at things and i don't think you need one or the other to think that it's wrong mm-hmm. to go and mess up life <laughs> right yeah. so so there's a book i was thinking of and it's called fuzzy nation by john scalzi mm-hmm. and it was really a rewrite of another book that from like the 50s i mm-hmm. think but but it, it's all the same thing and they go to this planet and there's these little furry creatures that live there but they're they're really wanting to go there and mine 
you know, mm-hmm. take away the natural resources to do whatever they're doing. So they ignore the fact that these little furry cute creatures that look cute and like teddy bears are thinking mm-hmm. civilized, air quotes, you know, that they're sentient beings who have their own society and their own culture and their own understanding of life. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to ignore that to be able to, to come in and just take over the planet and grab up all the natural resources. So kind of like the Indians, American Indians. Yes. Yes. And what is the other, what is that movie with the blue people? Avatar. 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 Mm-hmm. So that would happen there too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> any, yeah, any kind of colonization story, this is, this is what we're talking about. Right. So maybe it'll never happen. Nope. Can't go there. Because we might mess up somebody else. Or we might make things even worse. We might have organisms that interact with each other in ways that create some terrible super virus that oh, goodness. kills everybody or super bacteria. I don't know. Wow. Some, some other... In, insert cliche science fiction plotline. Mm-hmm. Here. But they're cliches for a reason. That's yep. right. Okay. All right. Well, I hope that got our listeners thinking about the future of, <laughs> of space travel. And uh, and let us know sometime if you would go to space. I would yeah. like to know. If you had the opportunity. Let us know in the comments. In the comments. We do have a section for that. We do. Yeah, all yeah. over the place. Oh, we do. Yes, we. <laughs> we do. And, and, do you? On SoundCloud, on Facebook, yeah. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you're just in <laughs> classical <laughs> communication, you can come and tell us. I mean, us I guess you can get in the library and talk to us. <laughs> yeah, do that if you want to. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the long overdue podcast. Make it so.